0: He's old enough to know better, but is he still too young to care? Wade Hayes on the Music Universe Podcast. Hey, buddy, how are you? I am good, man. How about you? Oh, man, I love when I reach out on a lark and an interview just becomes awesome. And actually, with this one, I texted you, if you remember, this just this morning. Because I sent it on Wednesday and they just got back to me. Hey, do you know who Wade Hayes is? You were like, of course. I'm like, well, we, ha- we have him today. <laughs> I'm like, okay. And you were like, yes. Let's do it. And so glad we did. Um,
1: super nice down-to-earth guy and was just, he's a storyteller as well. I love it. I love all the interviews we've been doing, man. It's great.
0: Yeah, this is fun. Uh, and the stuff in the pipeline, you don't know. Some 90s superstars are, are uh, on the horizon for us, and it's just fun. You know, I'm really, really trying to make this time of being at home fun because I have eight hours on the clock and I'm very, and I'm very happy that those eight hours end in the middle of the day for me so that we can do things like this. And uh, it's just fun. It's just a lot of fun. It is. And I've been, uh, you know, putting these together and then
1: trying to make a schedule of when, when they should run. And then we kind of mix it up a little bit based on, you know, the, the currency of, Of events and stuff too sometimes but uh, these are really fun they're great and I don't know one country artist we haven't spoken with that didn't have a Joe Diffie story to share
0: yeah same with Wade and it's just I actually I literally lean back like of course Yeah. you know it's just it's so connected and uh, yeah so here's our interview with Wade Hayes.
1: Wade Hayes welcome to the Music Universe Podcast how you doing?
0: I'm good how are you?
1: not too bad you uh you staying uh trying to stay sane during this quarantine
2: Uh, i actually am i have a pretty good project going on i mess around with old houses and i'm working on another one right now and uh, i'm really if i'm not at home i'm out here working so it's been okay as far as that goes i've really really um am missing playing music live though it's it's about to kill
0: me, oh yeah <laughs> yeah you and everyone else uh, what are you, are you working on anything musically other than the houses uh, while you're while you're at home?
2: you know, I have not been um, i I think you know I haven't written a song in a month or two, and uh, I've really been concentrating on just doing this and and practicing when I get a chance. But um, I honestly, I I posted something on Facebook about um, doing a, a Facebook Live thing. I, I, I've been watching some of what Steve Warner's doing. And yeah. it's been really, really cool what he's doing for his fans. And, and it's been um, very much enjoyable. I would like to do something like that. But, um, you know, but that's, you know, that's the only thing I wish I had another project working on it. We we just kind of released an album at the end of last year called "Who Saved Who," and um, that's you know that's that's fairly recent. So,
1: yeah, tell us about the uh, tell us about the album a little bit.
2: That that's you know this is the first interview I've given um, since. I, the title track, Who Saved Who, was um, a song that I wrote about this old dog that I had. And um, he, you know, I I found him one night at a filling station in the middle of the night. He was a stray dog. And uh, he jumped up in my truck. He was rail thin, obviously, hadn't eaten, and um, had some open wounds. He was in pretty rough shape. So I took the dog home and um, nursed him back to health, and he'd been a, the best dog I've ever had in my life, and that was 10 years ago. Wow. So, and, and I, I wrote this song when I started noticing he had gotten really white, and mm-hmm. um, he was getting old, and I realized, you know, our time together was not infinite. And I, it, was, it was alarming, to say the least, but anyway, that, that dog I finally, a couple of weeks ago, he, he passed away, and, and it's been, I've been pretty blue about it, to be honest with you. That's kind of the reason I haven't been doing anything on social media. But, man, um, this is actually the first interview I've given since that happened. So um, his name was Jack, and, and I'm, I miss him terribly. But um, the, the whole album was centered around that song. Um, I kind of wrote that. as just a little therapy session. I did it one night at a writer's night, and people really, really reacted to it. So I recorded it and as with you know everything every time i come up with something like that and uh, realize i need to make a record i start going through my notebooks and finding songs that i think suck the least and you know <laughs> trying to trying to find <laughs> songs to put together for a record so um, that's kind of how it came about and uh there's a another song on there called x factor i like a lot it's a lot of fun and and uh, it's it's got some good stuff on it. I was I enjoyed making this record an awful lot.
0: Now that song Who Saved Who, is that a, a reference to your dog being there for you and being emotional support during your cancer battle?
2: Well, yes, that's exactly right. Um, interesting you should bring that up because that, you know, not only emotional, but I I believe that dog was instrumental in my recovering so strongly and Ooh. uh um, quickly, because you know that it was just he and I for a long, long time, and um, you know you still have to walk your pet, you know your, your dog, so right. we would walk a mile at least a mile in the morning and a mile at night every day, and um you know, getting out and doing that and staying active, no matter what I believe really, really helped me recover, and um, I was very thankful to have him you know to to get me out and get me up and doing things and, and uh, I believe it helped a lot. So
0: well stage 4 that's you know that's not an early stage. I mean what was your prognosis when they when you were diagnosed? How'd you handle it and uh how'd you pull through because that's amazing. Congratulations.
2: And well thank you. I do I do thank God. I, I mean from statistically it, it's nothing short of a miracle and and I mm-hmm. um you know, started doing research when, and I wouldn't advise anybody to read statistics if they find themselves in that situation, because it's, it's bleak. And I didn't know this until after the fact, way after the fact, but um, Dr. Jordan Berlin there at Vanderbilt, he's the guy that told me to go live my life. And when I wrote that song, I got the idea from him and we've since then become big friends. But at the time I was diagnosed um he presented my case and nobody wanted to touch it. They just wanted to keep me comfortable because I had cancer that bad. Mm. And Dr. Berlin saw a way he thought he could do it. And he really fought for them to do surgery and, and attempt to fight this thing. And had it not been for him I, in my corner, I'm, I know I wouldn't be here today. So, um, he, he really, really championed the um, surgery, and uh, it was a long battle, you know. Um, it took years to get over it, and, uh, you know, we, I had, um, you know, stage four, I had it, and it had metastasized and gone to several places in my body, and, and I lost count of surgeries and all of the chemotherapy, and then um, it ended up coming back, as it often does when you're stage four and got to repeat the process again, but it took about three years to get rid of it completely. And to this day, you know, again, I thank God. He, he made it clear to me <laughs> that he, you know, he's the reason I'm still around and, and put me in such hands as, as Dr. Berlin. But um, it is it is nothing short of a miracle that, that uh, and I'm just, you know, I'm still trying to figure out why my life was spared. I try my best, but, but certainly feel like I'm, I come up short
1: often, but. Oh, well, we're we're definitely glad you're here and that you beat it. I know we were talking to. Well, uh, thank you. Yeah, we were talking to uh, fellow '90s uh, country star John Barry the other day about his cancer as well. Yeah. And uh, you know, so. Glad. He's had a
2: rough go of it too.
1: Yeah, and so glad he beat that um, as well. So um, the the songs on "Go Live Your Life" have to uh, clearly be about about just that conversation you had with the the doctor, right?
2: Yeah, um, that, you know, that was the exact thing that happened. I was in his office after the second time um, through the cancer battle. And he wanted to take the, how it all came about was he wanted to take the port out. And that's, you know, something that's surgically implanted to administer chemotherapy Mm -hmm. easier. And um, so he wanted to take it out and I didn't want him to because, you know, I just, I thought it was going to come back again and and I was scared. And he said, you know, um, you need to go live your life. And he said, this is nothing short of a miracle that you're cancer free. You need to go live your life. And so I took his advice and let him take the port out. And he, you know, later he told me, you know, I needed to start dating and, and find a girlfriend, all this business, and, and, uh, <laughs> which, I, again, I took his advice and ended up marrying. I went out with the hottest girl I could find and ended up marrying her. And, so, <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so it's true. He actually, you know, he uh, told me that. So um, it's kind of a joke that my wife and I have with Dr. Berlin. But uh, um, it, that all is true. And um, he's, he's an amazing guy.
0: Yeah. Well, my goodness, he sounds like it. And it sounds like that album is dedicated to him almost because... Uh, He's
2: funny. He's, he loves it that, you know, we were in Billboard and, and with his story and, and he got to show that off to all his colleagues. And he was pretty jazzed about that. I ended up doing a, a commercial um, kind of a project with a big pharmaceutical company out on the West coast because of that song as well. And it was just, it was a blessing all the way around. And it was, it was a really amazing, amazing time in my life. And, and, and just, you know, you trying to make lemonade out of lemons
0: and, and uh, we certainly did. Absolutely. Oh, that's amazing. That's amazing.
1: I know you're about to, um, well, you've been on the road, of course, and this has been affecting everyone. When was your last show?
2: My last show was
1: in February. And right
2: before um, the uh, lockdown, we actually, I was supposed to, when this thing started hitting, I was on my way or about to get on an airplane to go to Washington State, where all of this kind of started. And thank God they, they called and canceled it right before. Um, and, uh, that was la- then, uh, you know, after that, everything started canceling and, um, looks like I may get to go back to work at the end of May. Fingers crossed. Mm-hmm. I sure hope so. Um, I really, I've realized here lately how much I miss playing. And I'm really, you know, I'm, uh, you know, all the time messing around with stuff and, and, uh, guitar stuff and and i really i look forward to to trying it on stage you know and trying out you know i may be messing around with an old song that you know that i've loved my whole life and want to do it at a, a writer's night or something i i do a lot of acoustic solo stuff and that you know on those shows i get to do pretty much i've got carte blanche whatever i want to do and you know i may pull out an old jimmy webb song or something like that so it's You
0: know, I I miss that as as much as anything. Well, we are, uh, we're so glad you're still with us to share music new and old. It's the obvious question you get asked probably in every single interview, but one of my favorite 90s country songs, Bar None, is Old Enough to Know Better, Mm -hmm. and I have to know the story behind that song because it is so catchy, so much fun. I think it encapsulates the 20s, perfectly we're old enough to know better have the legs under our underneath us but do we care no <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah it's just so funny but you're absolutely right about that song and it does have a really interesting story at the time that i wrote that song i was um i had i hadn't been in nashville very long and the backstory i grew up um building houses with my dad he was a contractor so, naturally, when I moved to Nashville, I got a job building houses, first thing. And I also, very soon after that, got a job playing lead guitar for Johnny Lee. If you remember Johnny Lee, looking for love.
0: know yeah. no, Johnny, Johnny Lee. I've interviewed him. He's wonderful. Yes. He
2: is wonderful. He's still a very good friend of mine. And we're still, mm-hmm. you know, we he still texts me a dirty joke often. And, <laughs> and he's just a great, funny He's ornery as can be, you know, but he's got a big old heart of gold. He really, really does. Yeah. And looked after, really looked after me when I was a kid, just very naive country boy. And uh, I didn't know anything about anything, and he really watched out for me. But um, So, anyway, I'm playing guitar for Johnny and, and have to be at work at 7 o'clock in the morning, you know, but Johnny would get wound up sometimes and want to play till 3 o'clock in the morning. And. You know, that still, you know, I still had to be at work early, <laughs> swinging that hammer. Yeah. So that's kind of where that that song came. You know, it had kind of. Um, of course, you take your poetic license with things, but that's where the song came from.
1: Yeah, I I, I love that song too because I remember that was um, a, a side note. Uh, I I play drums and I remember cranking up my CD player with. That song and just going to town playing. Oh yeah. in my basement, you know. <laughs> that
2: great, and you know Lonnie Wilson, that great intro lick on the drums is just so perfect, mm-hmm. thundering. You know, he's he's so good. Um, side note on that: Lonnie Wilson, the guy who played on all my first records, who's playing on that, old enough to know better. He played drums on my latest record, first time in, you know, fifteen years. Oh, awesome. So, um and we really had a great time. He, he's still so good, and and he's a great singer too. He's sang background on a lot of his stuff. So. Oh,
0: that's I didn't know that's that. Amazing. How'd you get him to do it? How'd you get him to come back after all those years? Oh, he's you know he's still he plays he plays on hits
2: hit records that are on the radio right now. You know he's still playing a yeah. lot, and yeah. uh, um he's he's out playing uh, drums for George Strait as well, but um. You know, he still. we just ran into each other and started talking, and he told me he had a studio. In fact, no, it was Joe Joe Diffie. I was hanging around with Joe Diffie, which is another thing I've been pretty blue about this year. You know, Joe and his wife and my wife were all pretty good buddies, and we'd go out and eat um, and just hang out, and there was a a blow, you know, what what happened with Joe. I just couldn't believe it.
0: And, you know, it's a shame to... It's a shame to say I was not as familiar with Joe Diffie's music before he passed as I am now, but every single person that we have interviewed has had a Joe Diffie story, isn't that right, buddy? Oh yeah, every we, person.
1: Yeah, we had. Um, he was awesome.
0: Yeah.
1: as he seemed like he was such an amazing guy.
0: He
2: was just very kind, you know, and he he and I um, had done very recently um, a tribute to earl thomas conley and um we sang that song that earl thomas and keith whitley sang called brotherly love at this deal it was with blake shelton and and luke bryant and uh jason aldean and joe and me and uh, it was really an incredible um show a lot of great artists on it so anyway joe and i sang this tune together and um and then we had been going out to eat uh, and a, a few times there, you know, and we gotten reacquainted. He was one of the first tours that I was ever on. He's just such an amazing, amazing singer and just couldn't believe it when we lost him. I, I couldn't, his wife had texted my wife as soon as it happened and we just were floored, you know, so anyway, yeah, it's, it's, it's awful.
0: Yeah. Well, this time is is a tough time in general. I mean, I could imagine I could imagine with your history that it's probably particularly dangerous for you to be out in the public uh compared to somebody else who hasn't gone through everything you've been through. So, it's it's a thrill that you're staying safe.
2: Yeah, that is what I've heard and and uh I I don't go out, you know, unless I need to obviously and um fortunately I haven't needed to and and I am married now and have somebody that doesn't mind you know going and <laughs> going to the grocery store or whatever I love that but uh you yeah, know it's it's uh everything is is other than that everything is is pretty good i'm I'm very thankful to be alive and and uh that, you know one of the things that when I was sick, I've realized how much of this life that I'd taken for granted how many of the liberties and and the just uh the blessings in my life that that are every day that i took for granted and it's the same thing with this covid virus and being stuck at home and and um you know again reminded of how much i take for granted and how much this life is a blessing so um just you know trying to count my blessings and that's that's a fact
1: yeah and i think being well, home too gives you more time to reflect on all that and to reflect exactly what You might be missing out by being gone all the time too. So it kind of, uh, kind of a full circle moment if you think about it.
2: Yeah, it certainly is. And and I'm just, you know, I I am, I cannot tell you enough how ready I am to go out and and play a a gig. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm just, I'm very, very excited about that.
0: Well, I got a venue you should hit up uh, uh, when you're when you're back on the road. It's called. Uh, and this this isn't sponsored. I'm just picturing you with your music because uh, I saw Eddie Montgomery there and he killed. I want all of these classic 90s artists to come up to New York. There's a great venue called Mulcahy's Pub uh, in oh, Long yeah? Island. You, you should check them out and see if you can get yourself booked there because uh, I think they'd eat eat your music and your story up. Absolutely. Oh, man, I'd love um, Mulcahy's Pub. Yeah, write that down. Hmm. <laughs> and then, I don't know why that popped into my head. And then if you ever make it
1: back to Bakersfield, you should uh play the Crystal Palace. I know you're a big Buck fan. Oh yeah,
2: yeah. Yeah, yeah, we've played the Crystal Palace several times and um I uh well, we've actually been trying to get back in there trying to coordinate a date um when I'm out mm-hmm. on the West Coast. So
1: That'd be awesome. um
2: I would love to do that. It's it's yeah.
1: Well, I'll definitely be there if you come out cuz uh, that's where I'm based right now. Right
2: on, man.
0: Great. Yeah, oh, great. Yeah. Yeah. I love Bakersfield.
1: Well believe it or not so important
0: to country music.
1: John John Barry couldn't believe this when we talked to him the other day. It literally rained four days straight here. No kidding. I know. He he couldn't believe it even rained and then it, it wasn't four days at that time, but yeah, it rained up to like early this morning. Yeah. So we've we've had more rain than oh, we like, can imagine. Good, great. That is a lot for you guys for sure. <laughs> Definitely.
0: So if there was a song, a defining song that defined your career, that if you had to play it for the rest of your life, or you were stuck on an island and could only play this song, I know it's like choosing one of your children, but what if if there was a defining Wade Hayes song, what would you say it is and why?
2: Well, I, it would have to be Old Enough to Know Better. That was my very first song. It was a multi-week number one Um just it's for several reasons really you know it's it's uh it's it's fun it's got Brent Mason plays a killer guitar solo on it it's got great fiddle, great drums mm-hmm. and um it was that song started everything it changed my life and it did define my adulthood you know i i was it it really has been a blessing it truly has been a blessing, and I'll forever be grateful to uh my mentor songwriting mentor chick rains for writing that with me and it you know honestly it was a blessing and and i would not i have gotten to do this if it weren't for that song
0: and you were one more question buddy then i'll let you have a question but you were so young when it happened i just want to know about that whirlwind when it went to number one and it was there for multi-weeks and you're just this this 20 year old 20 something kid with this deep voice, you sound like you're, you know, 10, 20 years older. What was it like for you uh, in the media and the attention and the fame? I mean, how did you handle that in your as, as, a, as a 20-something-year-old?
2: I will tell you this. I was way too young and way too naive for
0: that to happen.
2: I wish it yeah. could have happened a few years later. Yeah. There were, mm-hmm. I, I made, you know, I made some decisions young that, the, you know, that like publishing and record deal stuff that, that I wouldn't have done had I been older and known how things worked better. And I, I say that re- regretfully. But um, I, it was very, it was white knuckle, wide eyed every day back then. Cause you're, you're talking about a kid that was from a town, a little farming community of the of about two thousand people had never been on an airplane, barely been out of the state of Oklahoma, and all of a sudden I'm traveling all over the United States on a plane every day. Yeah. And then I'm on the Brooks and Dunn tour, on Tracy Lawrence tour. Um, you know, it was it was too much for and I was too young. And I, I honestly wish I mean I'm very, very thankful for the opportunity, but I wish it could have happened a couple years later, looking back. But, you know, mm-hmm. if you believe in God, which I do, and he has a plan and he knows what he's doing, I know everything happens for a reason it has to. Absolutely. But, you know, that, that would be the—you the, know, what I would say is it was, it, was, <laughs> it was incredible. It was the best time of my life, but it was a lot.
1: Oh yeah, I'm. I'm sure it takes a toll on you. Um, and I'll say one of my favorite uh, cover songs ever is uh, your version of Wichita Lineman. And I oh, thank you. I've yet to find an album that that is on. <laughs> but are you still performing? Yeah, it's that? not on one. I know it's on yeah, a. it's, it's on, not a, on an album. It's on a single, and I've been looking for it uh, to try to find it because I'm a yeah. physical. I like to collect the physical media. Are you still performing that live in your, in your shows?
2: Oh, yeah. that's Honestly, that's one of the most requested tunes that we get. And, I mean, it seems like everybody likes that, and I love that song, too. And I've been working on, you know, Jimmy Webb, the guy who wrote that, is is uh, just a fascinating guy to me. And I can't imagine writing as many hit songs as he has. But he was from Oklahoma as well. And he wrote that and Galveston and... and um, still within the sound of my voice and another one that that, that, a a tune called the Highwaymen." you know that's Mm -hmm. that's, that's just brilliant how do you do that i don't know (laughs) you know (laughs) and i I like to i like to play those tunes at home and work on them because you know the chord wise they're very interesting lyrically they're interesting and just you know that jimmy webb I'm, i'm a huge huge fan of his
1: yeah that's great yeah well do you know why that was never put on an album by chance
2: That was, you know, it was one of those things I was going through some big changes at the record label back then. And, um, you know, they, um, they were changing people, you know, different, uh, faces coming through hiring and firing and everything was in kind of in disarray Mm. at that time. And everybody was making decisions and they, somebody would come along and change the decision. It was an odd, um, really, really difficult time actually. And, um. So, and that's, you know, another one of the reasons I wish that I would have been a little bit older and had a little more, you know, I don't know, knowledge and and say of of how things went. Sure. But I, you know, I certainly was was too young to to know what was going on as well, so. Well,
0: it sounded like, it sounds like it was a quick education, to say the least.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh, it it was, it was. um, But, you know, I'm, I'm, I sure am thankful that I get to, Play music for a living—it's it's a
0: blessing. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's let's hope you can get back to that blessing as soon as possible. And you know that if you come up, uh, if you come up to New York or go out to Bakersfield, one or the other of us will uh, will be there cheering you on. And uh, please send us uh, a pr- if we can talk offline here when we wrap. Uh, I have some uh, questions for you regarding the album because we probably want to cover that and review it. Okay. So um, sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, But for now, I will say thank you so much, Wade, for your time. Really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks so much. I've enjoyed
2: talking to you. Yes, thank you, guys. I've enjoyed it.
0: Now, you could tell he just wanted to talk, which is the really great thing. When somebody comes on and they don't have talking points that they want to cover, I mean, we know their bios. We often have their bios in front of us, even if we know their stuff, just so we remind ourselves what we want to hit on. But sometimes, as with this, that just gets thrown out the window, and you just talk.
1: Oh yeah, those are the great, the great ones there, the conversations, and we're super honored that we were his first interview since uh, the Whoa. single was released. Uh, like I think he said late last year. Uh, you know, as you heard, he he's, you know, gone through some things, losing his dog, and and of course his good friend Joe Diffie. So we're completely honored that he took time out to.
0: Give us that first interview back you know yeah so uh how do we top it I don't know I don't know if we are going to top it or if we should just be I think it's just you know keep going and with an open mind and open arms and just see what comes our way because sometimes it's something very impactful and meaningful like Wade Hayes
1: oh yeah and I've still got tears in my eyes from the cancer talk it was just so emotional Yeah.
0: yeah absolutely All right. Well, for the Music Universe podcast, I'm Matt. And I'm Buddy.
1: Thanks for listening and keep checking out themusicuniverse.com.